Welcome to B2B Revenue Leaders. I'm your host, Dustin Tizik. As always, B2B Revenue Leaders is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero helps you get more out of your best customer stories, whether they're recorded remote or on-site, and gives you customer video micro content to use throughout your entire buyer's journey. On this episode, I'm joined by Mike Fazio, who is the VP of Marketing and Revenue Operations at LSQ. We spoke a lot about RevOps, you know, auditing and consolidating your tech stack going into 2023, where RevOps fits into an organization, and also some new tech that Mike's excited about. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Good to be here, Dustin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about, you know, all, all things RevOps today, but with particular focus on, you know, where we are. So for context here, it's end of January 2023. We're all wondering... Is this a recession? Is it not? Has it started yet? We're all looking at our budgets. Yeah. Um, so I guess to dive right in on the RevOps side, I'm sure some marketers are looking at, is that an area to cut? Am I getting the most out of my technology? So what are you seeing there? Kind of what are your thoughts on that space? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, the most important thing to look at your tech stack, right, just to start, like if we're assuming, you know, um, I'm assuming we're, we're all sort of feeling some pressure from the board, from leadership saying, yeah. let's not spend money. Let's kind of slow things down. Let's make sure we're doing things correctly. You know, um, I think something simple is just making sure you have an idea of what you're spending your money on first. Right. Um, you know, recently I, I, I moved into uh, a new role at my, at my company and, um, and I realized we were spending a lot more money than I was expecting just on subscriptions and some things that were sort of, partially being used. So before you can even look to figure out what do I want to spend, know what you're spending now and if you still need it. Um, so I think for me, that's a big thing. Also just simple stuff like if you have too many users and all that kind of just, just clean house a little bit. Um, yeah, I, so I think that bloat of like when things were good, people add technology, we spend more on Google ads. We, I think there's a yeah. lot of that everywhere probably. And I think that's a good first step of we're pretty lean on the tech stack side. So, you know, there's not a whole lot we can trim, um, yeah. but we did do the audit on Google ads, like I said, and everything else of, is every dollar actually being effective. Right. So right. I think once you have that cataloged, you know, maybe you cut some stuff there, any advice maybe on how to figure out what to cut? Like, is it spotting overlaps or the obvious ones are it's not being used or one person is using it, but yeah. Yeah. Any advice on that? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm sort of one to, to step back and, and think of, uh, you know, start from zero if I can, right? Mm -hmm. So without thinking, because I feel like that, that's where the bloat really sticks around is when it's like, well, what's the justification for this tool? Well, we kind of use it for this or we can kind of use it for that. But is that really core to what your team is doing, right? So. You know, part of having a reduced budget or sort of just a more careful budget is you also might not be able to grow your team as much. So you don't have people who can actually utilize the tools. So if we sort of step back and say for, you know, this year, what am I actually trying to do? And from a marketing standpoint, I think, you know, as marketing leaders, we need to continue to focus on being revenue generating and focus on revenue. Right. I think, uh, you know, Latney from Sixth Sense says a lot of like she's a steward of the pipeline, like that type of thing. So for me, it's focusing hard on how do we get, you know, how do we weather this potential recession? And the best way to do that is to drive as much revenue as possible. So that's where I want to start is not, should I keep this? It's sort of, is this 
tool providing value towards this revenue goal? And do we have people who are going to maximize that? For sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, this might bleed into another area I think we should talk about, but I've also found sometimes marketing doesn't know the tech sales uses and sales doesn't know what CS uses and they have different tech that does essentially the same thing. And I think that's probably where RevOps comes in, whether it lives under marketing, its own department, if you're larger, but yeah. Looking at that overarching picture of where can we consolidate is probably something some companies are, are missing right now. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. We, uh, we had a couple different, um, e-signature tools that we were using and it was like, why, you know, yeah. um, it also helped that that one was clearly better than the other, but it was like, okay, we have two of those. We have, you know, a couple of these other things and yeah, you're right. That's those simple things can be, can save a lot. Yeah. And then on the, the RevOps side, it's. I think a new-ish term, like it always just used to be marketing ops, sales ops, everything was divided, but now it's rev ops. Where, like, I, I guess, how are you guys structured as well? And how do you personally think about rev ops, where it should live, you know, how it's connected to the different teams? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I might be biased because I come from more on the marketing ops side and um, being in, in roles where I was just lucky to also have, you know, sales operations pieces. Um, mm-hmm in front of me. So, uh, I think that it's sort of, I feel like the, the market is sort of pushing it more towards being just a sales ops kind of role. You know, you look at a lot of the guys, uh, and, and, and ladies who are starting these rev ops companies, uh, consulting companies, they end up talking mostly about forecasting and, mm-hmm. um, pipeline reporting and that kind of stuff, which is all important and is all part of it. But I think if we focus too much on that, then it's just sales ops. Right? I think the I think the power of revenue operations is, and maybe why it it should even live under marketing is because marketing has a, a wider purview, right? Marketing is inside of product, and marketing deals with sales all the time, and marketing does obviously the market and the brand, right? So because marketing already sort of naturally has this wider view, RevOps needs that as well right and to your point like how are you who, who else is going to put together that you know product is using this tool and sales is using this other tool that's the same thing and also marketing has their own thing and they all do the same you know it's all the same tool that's doing the same thing um so it's sort of just a way to break down some of those barriers and i feel like that's where it needs to be in a bigger company i could see it trying to live you know maybe on its own um i don't know that you can necessarily have a chief revenue operations officer at this point or that you would need it but um, but at least like a VP level to just kind of say, all right, enough's enough. Let's keep our stuff together, get some more efficiency out of, out of operations. Um, For sure. Yeah. yeah, I think there's also like a growing pains thing where someone, depending on the need of the company at the time, either starts with the marketing ops or a sales ops person out mm-hmm. of necessity because yeah. there's probably unicorns out there who can do it all and tie all the systems together. But good luck finding yeah. that person. Yeah. And then it's, you know, working backwards from there and filling in the skill set and all that. Um, and the, the, one of the points you made there that I like is marketing's purview is large from brand awareness to retaining and renewing customers. They're involved in, or they should be at least involved in some capacity throughout as yeah. well. Right. Right. And yeah. do you see any, you know, I, I kind of hate to use the words trends, but we're looking at 2023 here and I think marketing's focus has shifted probably more to customers and returning and, you know, getting people, getting your net retention above a hundred. So if new sales fall off, it's not as much of a panic. How do you feel that RevOps as a whole can kind of do a better job helping with that? 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I feel, and I feel like they, they, they certainly should if they're, if they're not. Um, I think a big part is maybe just thinking about customer retention um, and customer advocacy, sort of, you know, making sure that we're turning customers into brand advocates as well, you know, the same way that you would a, a pipeline, right? Like mm -hmm. first measure it and make sure you have a good idea of what, what is your leaky bucket, right? How many, how many holes do you have and how quickly is stuff, stuff leaving, right? Um, Cause I feel like once you measure it and you really get a handle on, oh my gosh, this is happening. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that is going to be big. I think also just understanding the lifetime value of the customers. Um, because again, that's going to be part of your calculation, right? I know I'm spending this much to get a customer in. It's going to give me this much value, but then how much if I extend that another year or two, right? Um, and then as far as actually going through and helping retain customers, I think you could start using automation better. Um, you know, one thing I'm looking at right now is I'm working with the engineering team to make sure that they're sending us uh, like summary transaction data, right? So I know that these customers have turned on this thing and they're using the product and everything's great. Wait, they've turned this thing off or they haven't used the product in a certain amount of time. Let me know that so we can have somebody reach out, right? So as long as it goes into my Salesforce, I can, you know, blast out a, a message to either directly to the person or alert the CSM or do something like that, right? Um, so I think those types of things are, are really just sort of easy off the, you know, things that we already do, right? We should already have automation and kind of handle that data. It's just sort of pulling in and, and making the campaigns and, and automations focused on customers. Yeah, I like the, I guess the contextual piece there of what has this customer actually done? Where are they potentially missing value? Because all too often, you know, I've been guilty of this. I think all companies have, and you've experienced probably as a buyer where the CSM says, hey, let's hop on a call this quarter to discuss things without a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard yes. to get on a call, right? Yeah. I turn down those calls sometimes because there's just yeah. a lot going on. But if it was contextual that I saw where you were using this part, but you're, you're not currently using this feature, can I show you how mm -hmm. you might get more out of it? Mm -hmm. I would hop on that call. You know, that's potential solid upsell. Yep. Um, but I have found setting up that wiring is not easy. Right, like all the back end, no. getting the customer yeah. data, the sales data, the marketing data. Um, so, how do you tackle that? I guess and getting it all actually wired and working together. Um, I'll let you know when it's all finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but really, I, it, I think it comes down to, to again, sort of the role that that RevOps is is in, where knowing that we that we naturally have to work across the company. One of those things we need to work with is engineering, right? Because they have the resources that can help us figure out, are the, is this ABC account the same as this ABC account and the same as this ABC account? Okay, great. That's, that's what we need so we can finally go out and go to this one person, right? Um, so that's maybe a cop-out answer to say, hang on the engineers. But if you can, if you can dig in and, and you know, because what I found is the engineering team typically wants to help the company as much as possible. Like the CTO isn't sitting there, you know, hoping to do nothing, right? He, he wants to make, he or she wants to make sure that they're impacting revenue also. And one of those ways is making sure that, you know, your go-to-market team has the data that, that they need to automate things and to make smart uh, touches on the customer. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like I, I love Zapier, Trey.io. There's only so mm -hmm. much you can, I use daily, right? But there's only right. so much I can do. And yeah. I will lean on someone who actually knows, you know, even a simple Python code that can make my life easier and yes. things sinking, right? Where for yes. me, it would take God knows how long weeks to get that done. So I think that's good advice yeah. there for sure. Um, and then, you know, looking forward into this year coming up, we both mentioned 
budget, I think pretty much every marketer is at least looking and considering mm -hmm. scenarios. What else are you, you know, what's kind of top of mind right now, aside from that in 2023? Aside from, from budget. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think for me, it's, it's looking at some of the fundamentals. I mean, I've sort of been in building mode for my team, which has sort of put me back into an interesting place where, um, we're trying to carve out, you know, what does marketing look like for, for my company? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we all kind of have our, you know, have the high level, we know the different, the different spots, different parts, but really, um, bringing that into context of your company is sort of, is sort of an interesting question. Um, so what that means for me right now is a big thing, a big focus on, on being specific with the campaigns that we're going to run this quarter, right? Um, being very focused on, um, on outcomes and measurable results from those campaigns. Um, one of the things that I am, um, I think frustrated by, which probably most of us marketers are and have been for a long time, is just how easy it is to say that marketing, a lot of marketing is hard to measure. And, and it is like, how do you measure brand and whatever? And there's, I'm sure with enough money, you can get some sort of measurements, but, um, but what I want to make sure is that we say, okay, we're running these five campaigns. Here's what we expect to happen, but here's at least how we're going to measure it. And even if right now we need to measure it with an Excel spreadsheet, you know, talk to me five years ago and I would have called you crazy, right? Like, why would you use an Excel spreadsheet? But, it, but sometimes you just, you, you, it's not worth spending the money on a tool to get you those numbers and to do all that work to get the numbers in a fancy report. When right now we seem to see if this campaign works and to know if, if we, if we even care about the numbers that come from it. So for, for me right now, it's, it's focusing hard on some very, you know, the most impactful campaigns that we can making sure we can measure those and kind of just see what, what comes from it. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the measurement thing's interesting, right? Because I find where, you know, I get blocked is where everything has to get tied dollar for dollar to revenue yes. just because it's impossible, right? I would love yes. that. Yes. Um, but for me, it's finding, especially for, you know, more brand dimension type stuff, finding what the proxy is. Mm -hmm. you know, so say it's LinkedIn ads, measuring conversions there for cold audience going to be a little hard. Mm -hmm. So what do you actually look at? Is it, you know, actual traffic, branded searches increasing, just finding some metric that you can tie to it and measuring it. And I agree. I actually like Google sheets in Excel. So, you know, yeah. five years ago, maybe you wouldn't get a log about that, <laughs> but we do use it a little bit for stuff like that, where, you know, we go yeah. through our ABM list and are just taking it off rather than paying three grand a month for a technology to do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've been playing recently with, um, Google data studio, I think they're oh, okay. calling it looker studio now or something and it's yeah. free and it's awesome because you dump in, you have a spreadsheet and you can go and build a bunch of visualizations really quick on it. Um, it doesn't take a data scientist and it's free. I think I mentioned it was free a couple of times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's important nowadays. So, yeah. It is, it is. Um, but it's a way that, you know, I, you, you, Visualizing data, I think, is really important as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call out. I didn't know it was free, so I'm going to go check that out. I, I yeah. looked at, you know, purchasing Looker a few years ago, kind of during the, like, big data. They were all getting a bunch of money and getting acquired stage. So good to know mm -hmm. that it's kind of resurfacing on that side. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah, check it out. Data. Google Data Studio or, or Looker Studio, something like that. Nice. Very cool. And then I guess, you know, 
kind of last one, and I think we talked about this a little bit or around it, like you mentioned, Google Data Studio is just your marketing tech stack or RevOps stack, whatever you want to mm. call it. Yeah. Is there a particular, you know, either tool you just adopted or you're looking at that, or even an area that you're excited about? Yeah. Um, I, I geek out about tools a lot. I, I'm a very uh, tech and, and operations first sort of CMO or head of marketing. Um, but uh, right now we're, we're digging into um, Sixth Sense. Um, you know, we just set it up a few months ago and we're still trying to figure out like, what does it look like to rely more heavily on that data and see where that it takes us. So I'm curious to see where that kind of comes this, this next year. Um, because I think there's gotta be something in there with their data models and trying to find lookalike companies and whatnot. Um, I'm really interested, and this is not something I'll be able to play with necessarily this year, um, uh, more modeling on marketing metrics, you know, looking at like data models more than just sort of what are, what are the actual like clicks and, 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 and uh, attribution models and stuff like dig, dig a little more in there. There's a lot, there's, I feel like there's more, there's some momentum on the data science side of like, you know, deeper marketing models. So I'd be curious to see if those are becoming more accessible to us. It might help answer some of those questions. Um, but yeah, six for, for those far as actually like tools I'm going to use, Sixth Sense is a big one. Um, continuing to make sure, you know, we use, uh, we use outreach.io for our SDRs and stuff. And that's a really interesting tool as well. Um, and then uh, I'm really curious to see what I'm able to do once I get some more customer data into Salesforce and maybe automate some messages and sit in, in Pardot that it, you know, can go out and uh, you know, maybe some sequences and stuff in, in, in outreach. So um, yeah, it should nice. be interesting here. Yeah. Lots going on there. I think the, you know, the data model side is interesting too, because it used to be, you know, to actually get relevant results, you kind of need to be the Amazons and Googles and, you know, mm -hmm. the ridiculous traffic purchase companies. Yeah. Um, but that, and even the, different MarTech, like metadata example, it seems to be coming more accessible for smaller companies. Like it all seems mm. to be trending that way, which I'm excited about because there's stuff I want to try, but I know I can't afford it right now. And <laughs> exactly. It won't work with our data, right? But yeah. that's exciting. Cool. Yeah. And then, you know, we've talked a lot about 2023. Um, I, I know you repost on LinkedIn and, and all that. If people do want to connect, learn more about you, connect, where should they go do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I should know my LinkedIn. Uh, it's uh, whatever the LinkedIn thing, Mike A. Fazio, because there's lots of Mike Fazios out there. So it's Mike A. Fazio. Um, I'm at LSQ, so you'll see that that's there. Um, I think I have a mention on, of Mad Scientist in my in my line. Um, yeah. So yeah, ping, ping me there. It's pretty much all the socials that you'll find me on. Um, awesome. Yeah, so all right. you connect. Yeah, so we'll include the, the link there. And Mike, thanks yeah. for joining me today. Thanks, Justin. Thanks again for listening to this episode. My big takeaway here is on the consolidation and utilization side of your tech stack. So as a marketer, you've probably been asked to forecast different scenarios, find ways to cut costs, be more efficient. And one place to potentially start is with your tech stack and just figuring out what you're paying for, who has access, what the redundancies are, and saving some budget there rather than cutting from channels that are actually driving demand and new business or retention. So that's my key takeaway. Thanks again for listening. As always, we will be back every single Tuesday with a new episode.